0: have felt the liberating redeeming power of this book of books and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history the bible live with Soapy dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book the entire bible every year now here's the host of the bible live soapy dollar All right, we are here ready to begin another edition of the Bible Live broadcast. Thank you for joining us each and every evening as we make our way together through the book of books, God's very word, the Bible. We are reading the book of Judges right now. The 325 year period between the time of the invasion and conquest of Canaan by the people of Israel, after they've come out of Egypt, they go into the land that was promised to them, the the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They come into the land somewhere around 1400 years before Christ. There's 25 years of battle, and then there's about 325 years of the judges. This is a time when a leader rises up from among the people to protect them and guide them as they respond to the oppression, to the attacks of their enemies, both domestic and foreign. We are following the experiences of these men and women, one woman, 11 men. We've come now to the last of the 12 judges. His name is Samson. He's a man of tremendous potential for what he could do And yet he's a man of great disappointment in many ways. We began his story Thursday evening. We saw his birth, his family background, and we've seen early on his bent to not obeying God in the little things of life. We'll talk a little bit more about it before we start our reading in the book of Judges, chapters 14 through 18. Right now, let's go to Psalm 50. What is the difference between true faith and false faith? Tonight on The Bible Life. Psalm 50. The mighty God, the Lord, has spoken He has summoned all humanity from east to west. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches with the noise of thunder. Fire devours everything in his way, and a great storm rages around him. Heaven and earth will be his witness as he judges his people. Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. O my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly bring to my altar. But I want no more bulls from your barns. I want no more goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Every bird of the mountains and all the animals of the field belong to me. If I were hungry, I would not mention it to you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. I don't need the bulls you sacrifice. I don't need the blood of goats. What I want instead is your true thanks to God. I want you to fulfill your vows to the Most High. Trust me in your times of trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. But God says to the wicked, Recite my laws no longer, and don't pretend that you obey me. For you refuse my discipline and treat my laws like trash. When you see a thief, you help him, and you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouths are filled with wickedness, and your tongues are full of lies. You sit around and slander a brother, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent, and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent, all of you who ignore me, or I will tear you apart, and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. End of reading Psalm 50. So don't live life in fear. Forgive and forget but don't forget why you're here. Take your time. This is the Bible live with Sophie Dollar. are the words I would say. Uh, those are exactly the words that God gave to Joshua remember be strong and of good courage be strong in the Lord and I say that to you tonight be strong be encouraged. God is on his throne. We are his people. This is our moment of opportunity. By the way, tremendous psalm, this contrast between true faith and false faith. There are some principles in there that are so very good, and they can help you evaluate your own relationship to God, your own faith in God. And I challenge you and encourage you to put it to the test here of the scriptures to see if yours is a genuine true faith or not. Well, one thing I was looking at through the book of Judges, though, is that These judges, each individual, they're only responsible for their moment. That one little slice of the pie that they lived in. They couldn't minister to Israel. They couldn't encourage Israel to be God's people. They couldn't defend Israel against their enemies, except in that one space of their lifetime. That was their chance to be faithful. That was their chance to make a difference. Now, this is our chance. We live at a key moment right now in the world. It's a moment of harvest. The gospel of Jesus Christ has all the power that it ever had, and millions are hearing the gospel, so very many, even still for the very first time. And right here in our own country, millions need to come to true and genuine faith in Jesus the Messiah. This is our moment. We must not shy away in fear, disobedience, or discouragement. This is our time to be strong. Now, we've seen Samson has tremendous potential, but he will not be true to God in the little things. God is faithful to him, honoring his Nazarite vow and his parents' commitment through him, but he fails to acknowledge God in the little decisions of his life, those relationships, and it destroys so much of his witness, although God in his grace still uses him. The Bible Life. Judges fourteen one through 18.10, Judges 14. One day when Samson was in Timnah, he noticed a certain Philistine woman. When he returned home, he told his father and mother, I want to marry a young Philistine woman I saw in Timnah. His father and mother objected strenuously. Isn't there one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you could marry? Why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, Get her for me. She is the one I want. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to disrupt the Philistines who ruled over Israel at that time. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. At that moment the Spirit of the Lord powerfully took control of him and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat, but he didn't tell his father or mother about it. When Samson arrived in Timnah, he talked with the woman and was very pleased with her. Later, when he returned to Timnah for the wedding, he turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion, and he found that a swarm of bees had made their honey in the carcass. He scooped some of the honey into his hands and ate it along the way. He also gave some to his father and mother, and they ate it, but he didn't tell them he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. As his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a party at Timnah, as was the custom of the day. Thirty young men from the town were invited to be his companions. Samson said to them, "'Let me tell you a riddle. "'If you solve my riddle during these seven days of the celebration, "'I will give you thirty plain linen robes and thirty fancy robes. "'But if you can't solve it, "'then you must give me thirty linen robes and thirty fancy robes.' "'All right,' they agreed. "'Let's hear your riddle.' "'So he said, "'From the one who eats came something to eat.' Out of the strong came something sweet. Three days later, they were still trying to figure it out. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, "'Get the answer to the riddle from your husband, "'or we will burn down your father's house with you in it. "'Did you invite us to this party just to make us poor?' So Samson's wife came to him in tears and said, "'You don't love me. You hate me. "'You have given my people a riddle, "'but you haven't told me the answer.' "'I haven't even given the answer to my father or mother,' he replied. "'Why should I tell you?' "'So she cried whenever she was with him "'and kept it up for the rest of the celebration. "'At last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer "'because of her persistent nagging. "'Then she gave the answer to the young men. "'So before sunset of the seventh day, "'the men of the town came to Samson with their answer, "'What is sweeter than honey? "'What is stronger than a lion?' Samson replied, If you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have found the answer to my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord powerfully took control of him. He went down to the town of Ashkelon, killed thirty men, took their belongings, and gave their clothing to the men who had answered his riddle. But Samson was furious about what had happened, and he went back home to live with his father and mother. So his wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man at the wedding. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Judges 15. Later on, during the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a present to his wife. He intended to sleep with her, but her father wouldn't let him in. I really thought you hated her, her father explained. So I gave her in marriage to your best man. But look, her sister is more beautiful than she is. Marry her instead. Samson said, this time I cannot be blamed for everything I am going to do to you Philistines. Then he went out and caught three hundred foxes. He tied their tails together in pairs, and he fastened a torch to each pair of tails. Then he lit the torches and let the foxes run through the fields of the Philistines. He burned all their grain to the ground, including the grain still in piles and all that had been bundled. He also destroyed their grapevines and olive trees. Who did this? the Philistines demanded. Samson was the reply, because his father-in-law from Timnah gave Samson's wife to be married to his best man. So the Philistines went and got the woman and her father and burned them to death. Because you did this, Samson vowed, I will take my revenge on you, and I won't stop until I am satisfied. So he attacked the Philistines with great fury and killed many of them. Then he went to live in a cave in the rock of Edom. The Philistines retaliated by setting up camp in Judah and raiding the town of Lehi. The men of Judah asked the Philistines, Why have you attacked us? The Philistines replied, We've come to capture Samson. We have come to pay him back for what he did to us. So three thousand men of Judah went down to get Samson at the cave in the rock of Edom. They said to Samson, Don't you realize the Philistines rule over us? What are you doing to us? But Samson replied, I only paid them back for what they did to me. But the men of Judah told him, We have come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. All right, Samson said, but promise that you won't kill me yourselves. We will tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines, they replied. We won't kill you. So they tied him up with two new ropes and led him away from the rock. As Samson arrived at Lehi, the Philistines came shouting in triumph, but the Spirit of the Lord powerfully took control of Samson, and he snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt strands of flax, and they fell from his wrists. Then he picked up a donkey's jawbone that was lying on the ground and killed a thousand Philistines with it. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey I've made heaps on heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey I've killed a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was named Jawbone Hill. Now Samson was very thirsty, and he cried out to the Lord, You have accomplished this great victory by the strength of your servant. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these pagan people? So God caused water to gush out of a hollow in the ground at Lehi, and Samson was revived as he drank. Then he named that place the spring of the one who cried out, and it is still in Lehi to this day. Samson was Israel's judge for 20 years while the Philistines ruled the land. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Judges 16. One day Samson went to the Philistine city of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Word soon spread that Samson was there, so the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the city gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, When the light of morning comes, we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took hold of the city gates with its two posts, and lifted them, bar and all, right out of the ground. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. Later Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the valley of Sorek. The leaders of the Philistines went to her and said, Find out from Samson what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely then each of us will give you 1100 pieces of silver so delilah said to samson please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely samson replied if i am tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not yet been dried i will be as weak as anyone else so the philistine leaders brought delilah seven new bowstrings and she tied samson up with them She had hidden some men in one of the rooms of her house, and she cried out, "'Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you!' But Samson snapped the bowstrings as if they were string that had been burned in a fire, so the secret of his strength was not discovered. Afterward Delilah said to him, "'You made fun of me and told me a lie. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely.' Samson replied, If I am tied up with brand new ropes that have never been used, I will be as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him up with them. The men were hiding in the room as before, and again Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you! But Samson snapped the ropes with his arms as if they were thread. Then Delilah said, You have been making fun of me and telling me lies. Won't you please tell me how you can be tied up securely? Samson replied, If you weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric on your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I will be as weak as anyone else. So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric and tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again she cried out, Samson! The Philistines have come to capture you! But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle, and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Then Delilah pouted, How can you say you love me when you don't confide in me? You've made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. So day after day, she nagged him until he couldn't stand it any longer. Finally, Samson told her his secret. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine leaders. Come back one more time, she said, for he has told me everything. So the Philistine leaders returned and brought the money with them. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and she called in a man to shave off his hair, making his capture certain, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and made to grind grain in the prison. But before long, his hair began to grow back. The Philistine leaders held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their god, Dagon. They said, Our god has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. When the people saw him, they praised their god, saying, Our god has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, Bring out Samson so he can perform for us. So he was brought out from the prison and made to stand at the center of the temple, between the two pillars supporting the roof samson said to the servant who was leading him by the hand place my hands against the two pillars i want to rest against them the temple was completely filled with people all the philistine leaders were there and there were about three thousand on the roof who were watching samson and making fun of him then samson prayed to the lord sovereign lord remember me again "'Oh, God, please strengthen me one more time "'so that I may pay back the Philistines "'for the loss of my eyes.' "'Then Samson put his hands on the center pillars "'of the temple and pushed against them "'with all his might. "'Let me die with the Philistines,' he prayed. "'And the temple crashed down on the Philistine leaders "'and all the people. "'So he killed more people when he died "'than he had during his entire lifetime. "'Later his brothers and other relatives "'went down to get his body.' They took him back home and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol, where his father Manoah was buried. Samson had been Israel's judge for 20 years. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Judges 17 A man named Micah lived in the hill country of Ephraim. One day he said to his mother, I heard you curse the thief who stole 1,100 pieces of silver from you. Well, here they are. I was the one who took them. The Lord bless you for admitting it, his mother replied. He returned the money to her, and she said, I now dedicate these silver coins to the Lord. In honor of my son, I will have an image carved and an idol cast. So his mother took two hundred of the silver coins to a silversmith, who made them into an image and an idol, and these were placed in Micah's house. Micah set up a shrine, and he made a sacred ephod and some household idols. Then he installed one of his sons as the priest, In those days Israel had no king, so the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. One day a young Levite from Bethlehem in Judah arrived in that area of Ephraim, looking for a good place to live. He happened to stop at Micah's house as he was traveling through. Where are you from? Micah asked him. And he replied, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am looking for a place to live. Stay here with me, Micah said, and you can be a father and priest to me. I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, plus a change of clothes and your food. The Levite agreed to this and became like one of Micah's sons. So Micah ordained the Levite as his personal priest, and he lived in Micah's house. I know the Lord will bless me now, Micah said, because I have a Levite serving as my priest. Judges 18. Now in those days Israel had no king, and the tribe of Dan was trying to find a place to settle. For they had not yet driven out the people who lived in the land assigned to them. So the men of Dan chose five warriors from among their clans, who lived in the towns of Zorah and Ishtiol, to scout out a land for them to settle in. When these warriors arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, they came to Micah's home and spent the night there. Noticing the young Levite's accent, they took him aside and asked him, Who brought you here, and what are you doing? Why are you here? He told them about his agreement with Micah, and that he was Micah's personal priest. Then they said, Ask God whether or not our journey will be successful. Go in peace, the priest replied, for the Lord will go ahead of you on your journey. So the five men went on to the town of Laish, where they noticed the people living carefree lives, like the Sidonians. They were peaceful and secure. The people were also wealthy, because their land was very fertile, and they lived a great distance from Sidon, and had no allies nearby. When the men returned to Zorah and Ishtaol, their relatives asked them, What did you find? The men replied, Let's attack. We have seen the land, and it is very good. You should not hesitate to go and take possession of it. When you get there, you will find the people living carefree lives. God has given us a spacious and fertile land, lacking in nothing. End of reading Judges 14 1 through 18 10 there is hope for every man, a solid place where we can stand in this dry and weary land. There is hope for every man. There is love that never dies. There is peace in troubled times when we help them understand Jesus is hope You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar the life and times of Samson, the twelfth of the twelve judges listed for us in the book of the judges. We see pride rising up in Samson when he has this experience of going to battle, killing a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of the donkey. He says, with the jawbone of a donkey, I've piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. This sounds boastful, like he might have forgotten the source of his strength, and that god was using him had called him had privileged him to exercise a great ministry in his time on behalf of his people on behalf of the kingdom of god now later on he cries out to the lord but even his cry out to the lord seems almost prideful he says you have accomplished this great victory by the strength of your servant then he goes on to say must i now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these pagans Now, God in his grace and his mercy causes water to gush out of the hollow in the ground, and Samson is revised. Remarkable potential, no doubt about it. The man had more possibility, more potential than perhaps anyone we know. Tremendous gift given to him, but it seems to be wasted. Is it a matter of the little things that he wasn't faithful? Was it his pride? His strength was supernatural. All the movies that come out about Samson picture him as being very muscular and big and greased up. But his strength wasn't from pumping iron down at Gold's Gym. He might have been a skinny, scrawny guy for all we know. His strength was supernatural. And it does go right along hand in hand with Psalm 50 that we read tonight. He didn't honor and obey his parents. That's one clear commandment from God's Word. He disobeyed clearly the command for the people of Israel not to compromise their faith and their integrity as the people of God by intermarrying with pagan women who did not love God. This is a tremendous way to dilute the faith of God's people, get us into relationships, committed relationships, with those who don't share that love for, that devotion to the true and living God. The last chapter that we read tonight is about the tribe of Dan. Samson is also from the tribe of Dan, and it's about how far they have fallen from the ideal. So much could be said about this man named Samson... We could discuss his seeming lack of intelligence. (laughs) Did he ever learn? Such terrible choices he made. But I think I'd like to end it on a positive note. In spite of Samson's past, God still answered his prayer and destroyed the pagan temple and delivered the people of Israel from the oppressive Philistines in this moment. God still loved Samson. He was willing to hear his prayer, confession, repentance, and he was willing to use Samson this final time. One of the effects of sin in our lives is to keep us from feeling like praying. But perfect moral behavior is not a condition for prayer. Don't let feelings of guilt over sin keep you from the only means of restoration. No matter how long you've been away from God, He is ready to hear you and to restore you to a right relationship with Him. Every situation can be salvaged if you're willing to turn to the Lord. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com.